Hi, I'm Kieran, oozing wokery from every orifice. And I'm Jacob, longing for the heat death of the universe. <laughs> and this, this is, is Chit Chat from Pop from Goes, Pop Goes Capitalism. Capitalism. This month's headlines. The Tories continue to suffer by-election losses. Brianna Jai's killers were named. And a new child prodigy aims to take on 28 A-levels. But first, hello, Jacob. <laughs> hello, Kieran. How you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm doing well, thank you. How about yourself? Ah. <sighs> Suffering with migraines, you know the drill. Oh no, you need some Nertec, sponsored by <laughs> Lady Gaga. <laughs> In Minecraft. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a weirdly bad headache today. Oh no. Which, which bodes well for this. I mean, uh, past experience of being on the radio with a headache. I know this isn't the radio, but shush. Um <laughs> Uh, they tend to be the more unhinged shows, so um, let's see where we go. That sounds fun, yeah. I I don't think your headache's going to go away with a discussion about Keir Starmer. Oh, Keith, why? And I, I guess, mean, I'm looking yeah. at four pictures in a grid that I had uh-huh. taken for my passport, so uh, that's how I feel. Because you know on your passport <laughs> you look like atrocious yeah. i look like a hot mess and i look miserable and that's how keir starmer makes me feel so <laughs> it's all good when i got new passport photos my husband rico always always getting that in quick um he was like go on just smile a little bit i was like but you're not supposed to are you no, the and shadow, like, the shadow of the smile will mean that yeah. they you could be a terrorism. And he was, he was like, "Go on, you can do it a little bit." He was like, "Go on, they won't notice." Smile with your eyes. There's like a little bit of a a smile in my passport. Like it's not noticeable, but I don't look. I feel like most people, and certainly my previous passport photo, like most people go to frown or like quite a negative expression because because when yeah. you're told like don't smile it's like oh okay <laughs> no happiness in here oh, i must be angry now. Yeah. <laughs> i mean you should see my previous one because i was a child <laughs> really yeah i did post it on my like instagram like the comparison i had oh, a it was shaved that head that was your yeah. most recent one before your new one yeah, I well, we've never really been abroad, so uh, was it out <laughs> of day like once or twice as a child? So I uh, had to get a new one because of reasons. Uh huh. Um, was your old one out of day? Oh, very much so. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking, like, I can't believe that that would fly. <laughs> you know, like if no, that, no, no. I if was like probably was being, five like, yeah. in that picture. Okay. <laughs> and it went out of date like fifteen years ago, or however. So, <laughs> Jacob, how have you been coping with late stage capitalism this month? I've just realised I could have used the whole passport thing as my coping. <laughs> <laughs> and how would that be coping? Good point. Um, I bought a book of books. 
Okay. This is so cool. I feckin' love this. And I'm very tempted to go back and buy like five of them. Because uh-huh. basically it's a hundred pages uh, of like, it's like a book log. And what makes this so special, because uh-huh. I've seen these before and I've never picked one up, is it has an option to tick whether it was a physical book or an audio book. And as somebody that listens to audio books... Uh-huh. I've always felt a little bit like, ah, is it reading? And so seeing this, I was like, yes, I can pick this up. I can tick audiobook. I can write about the book. And then I have a log. And then I was like, what if I can never find this again? And so the temptation is growing just to go back and buy like five. <laughs> so I can just buy. have like loads of these to last <laughs> over the years. Because as much as I love reading, I'm not very good at doing it frequently. So they would last me. And that's that's yeah. how I'm coping. And did it work? Did it ease the pain? No. <laughs> Absolutely Dang. not. Yeah. <laughs> and Karen, how have you been coping with uh, late stage capitalism this month? So I've been distracting myself by trying to look after nail- my nails more because, like, I am a serial nail biter. Like, oh. I'm always biting my nails. It's, so it's, you, so yeah. you're not like me where you destroy the like sides of your fingers instead because that's what I do. Oh no, <laughs> I, I start with the nail and then when there's none left, then it's time to destroy the sides. Oh, okay, uh, so double, double sword, yikes. Yeah, yeah, so we bought clear nail polish from Boots. I remember this as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember I... having this, it tastes horrible if I remember correctly. Oh, well, uh, uh, <laughs> I've not Wait, tasted it. Not that. I've not tasted it. Oh, it's meant to taste horrible. So then you, every time you bite it, you're like, you oh, no. associate it with oh. a bad taste. Oh, I thought you were just like having a sample from the bottle. Oh, I get no. you. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was completely <laughs> not on the right train of thought there. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we were doing. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I'm just being slumped. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so yeah, um so we like sat down calmly at the dining table a couple weekends ago and like filed our nails and then painted them. Yeah, and I just Aww. I feel like I'm like taking care of myself and pampering myself when I do it. Um Yeah, and also, so now, so now we're like two weeks in. I can make like a tapping noise with my thumbs when I use my phone to type. Like, I wonder if it'll pick it up. Can you hear that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, silence. anyway, that's like. <laughs> I guess it picked up on your end. Okay. Hopefully. Okay. But <laughs> the recording, but because of Discord's like uh... muting function. I guess it thought it was background noise, so I just heard absolutely silence. How, da- <laughs> How dare Discord do such a thing? The tapping know, of my right? fingernails on my phone is like main character energy. You know exactly. what I mean? Um, you don't need that annoying like beep, like the, the artificial one anymore. Yeah. That they add onto like iPhones. Or you can tap, tap, tap along. What if I turned it on and then I had double tapping? It would be tapping. Double time! <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I love it. It feels also like my nails are just having a bit of shine. And I just feel very Aww. camp with it. I just love it. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, and did it work? Did it ease the pain? No. Ah, well, that's that on that. This month, Labour has claimed victory in two more by-elections, taking two more seats from Conservative MPs. But much like Kygo and Ava Max, I'm left sounding rather soulless, saying, whatever. Let's quickly run through before dispensing with the mainstream narrative of these by-election results. According to the BBC, the Labour Party overturned majorities of 11,220 in Kingswood and 18,540 in Wellingborough. The Wellingborough result was a 28.5% swing, the second biggest from the Tories to Labour in any post-war by-election. Way? Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Four years ago, I might have been like, yeah! Now I'm like, oh. Just stunning indifference, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Labour, you know, if you're a numbers person, then here you go. Uh, Labour gained 19.5 percentage points and the Tories lost 37.6. So that was in Wellingborough. Um, Kingswood yeah, yeah. painted a less drastic picture, albeit one that followed the same pattern with Labour gaining 11.5. Mm-hmm. So in, in the mainstream media, the usual by-election caveats have been provided. Turnout is lower than in a general election. Uh, in the case of these by-elections, it was around 50%, that of the 2019 general election. Yeah. And in by-elections, there's typically a bias against the party in power. So Rishi Sunak is very keen to rest on these caveats to try and excuse his party's defeats. And Starmer is keen to state that these results show that people are, quote, ready to put their faith in a changed Labour Party. Well, spoiler alert, I'm not. No, I'm not either. Yeah. Um, Jesus, <laughs> feck, not after last night. <laughs> Yeah, um, so political editor of the BBC, Chris Mason, is claiming that these by-election results are extraordinary results for Labour. And likewise, much of the media is keen to portray these results as victories for a Labour party that is on course for an epic general election result later this year. I wouldn't be so sure of that, but... <laughs> yeah. But while the media is keen to use certain absolute numbers to represent the Tory majorities that have been decimated in these by-elections, they seem to prefer percentages when the absolute numbers don't fit their narrative. In the, I have always thought this. <laughs> yeah. So in the Wellingborough by-election, the absolute numbers paint a rather different picture. So the Tories lost 24,869 votes compared to the 2019 general election. But what was the mm -hmm. Labour gain? A pitiful <laughs> 107 votes. Fuck off. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it takes a while to sink in. <laughs> that is yeah. fucking mad. It's embarrassing, truly. Incredible. Well done, Keith. 10 out of 10. Yeah. No notes. Yeah. This is going to be epic. <laughs> when they lose this election, 
which I have a strong suspicion they're going to. It's going to be so funny to watch. Who do you think will win it then, Sunak? Potentially, or hung parliament is the funniest option and also the best for us. But um, yeah, I think the Greens will gain massively. As uh, Lib Dems, I can never retell with them. I don't pay enough attention to them. But that's my own little pet prediction based on what other people have said. Uh, but yeah, interesting. You ignore me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in this by election, the the Wellingborough one I'm talking about at the minute. The Greens and Lib Dems lost voters, and a party that you didn't mention, Reform UK, oh, gained fuck, about them. gained almost four thousand votes. Oh God! Yeah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. So I think these absolute numbers are really important to mention and consider. The clear mm. takeaway is that people do not want the Tories in power. And the, the Tories are absolutely bleeding votes. But Labour are not seeing a swell of support and people are not ready to put their faith in a changed Labour party. I mean, basically the same number of people voted Labour in this by-election as they did when Labour was completely unchanged and still under Corbyn's leadership. <laughs> and so... Everyone that voted Tory just sort of piled out but didn't go to Labour. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's really good to consider. <laughs> yeah. Like, nobody's ready to put their faith in a changed Labour party. They're simply no longer willing to put their faith in the Conservatives. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I hate this narrative that the media is portraying. Like, Labour didn't overturn anything. They didn't <laughs> claim any victory. The Tories self-destructed, and in the absence of any Tory voters, Labour had the highest vote share. This isn't a display of political excitement, but, like, rather one of apathy. And if there is actually any political excitement to be found, it's informer Tory voters that are moving to Reform UK. Like, that's that's where the excitement is, you know? Like... Not that, not that I'm excited by it, but like that. This is like, the party that will stand on the white cliffs of Dover and yell at migrants, <laughs> saying "Drown, fuckers!" <laughs> no, legally, I have no proof of this. <laughs> yeah, so in general, I think the reporting on these by-elections shows us, much like the reporting on Gaza, that we need to be extremely careful when consuming mainstream media. You won't often mm. catch the BBC outwardly stating false information but the careful selection of figures the selective omission of particular information they can quickly paint a picture that is quite detached from reality as i think is the case here Mm. yeah so jacob what thoughts do you have on this the by-elections themselves and my thoughts on the reporting i think you're absolutely right i think yeah, mainstream media is such an interesting one, especially when it comes to places like the BBC, where they have like they they don't they can't like outright lie, but with figures and things they can be very sneaky. Yeah, and um, it's often the case, and language as well, the use of certain types of language, like um, yeah, as we've seen with Gaza and Ukraine, uh, killed versus died being the like the big one that we've seen yeah. when referring to children that have been 
absolutely killed yeah. by fuckers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I think that that's like that's the that's the the crit like it's it's very easy to fall into a we don't trust the mainstream media. It's not necessarily yeah. about that. It's about using your critical thinking to go right. They've said so much percentage here. Let's look at the numbers and do a little bit of quick math. Yeah. And see what this actually is sort of reflecting here. Because they're narrative spinning. All of this is narrative spinning. And I think it's very important that people like us exist uh, to deconstruct yeah. those narratives and be like, what the fuck are they on? Yeah, it just, <laughs> it just infuriates me. And what infuriates me... I don't know, like, this is probably, like, petty, because it's, like, a technical thing, I guess. Well, not, like, technical, technical. But it's, like, it's the way that they do use absolute numbers in the article Mm. when it helps their narrative. They're like, (laughs) whoa, they turned over. They overturned. They turned over. Oh, God. Uh, They overturned a majority of 18,540 people. You know? That's an absolute yeah. number. And it's like, they know that that's going to make people go, ooh, ah, wow. You know? But then as soon as, yeah. as soon as the numbers don't look so good, it's like, let's, let's cut to the percentage points. And like, even like whole graphics, bar charts and so on, like plotting out these percentages that make it look so impressive. <laughs> Whereas you could easily plot a different graph that showed the real picture like comparing 2019 to yeah to this by-election and you would see oh the tory number has like plummeted but the labor number like the labor bar is basically the same and then you would mm-hmm. see and understand so much more i yeah i just think it's a it's doing a disservice to people the same way that they were doing a disservice to people when um they absolutely walloped corbyn for like what exactly yeah <laughs> yeah i think they, media yeah. narratives they're fun now we have a safe centrist leader of the opposition we can actually yeah. support no, no we had just bribed the speaker to do this it's fine it's all good did you hear about that uh i i spent like I want to say like 15 minutes reading and I feel like I understand around half of what was going on. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of breaking for us. We are like full disclosure. We're recording this uh, 22nd of February. So we're a little bit early compared to where we normally are with these. But um, yeah. let me just read this from, I'm quoting exactly from Owen Jones right now. The SNP used their opposition day to submit a motion calling for an immediate ceasefire uh, and opposing the collective punishment of Gaza. This reflected their long-standing position, unlike Labour, whose leaders backed war crimes and which has repeatedly either justified or failed to oppose Israel's mass slaughter. Labour then gutted the motion, blackmailed the Speaker into breaking parliamentary protocol and prevented the SNP's motion from being heard at all. In sum, the Labour leadership deserved nothing but total contempt. T. That's sort of what we're dealing with right now. <laughs> yeah, I. Mm. 
Yeah, I like mm. good good going, Keith. Really like strong strong Labour Party. Strong Britain, great nation. <laughs> Do you remember I, that? Oh, that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, that was. That, that's a deep cut for uh, Britain fans there. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, but this speaker stuff, I mean, I think what it really shows, you know, if we. I feel like there's something every other fucking week in that place that shows us this. But it's just the <laughs> latest example that shows us that, like, the the House of Commons, like how it functions, needs to completely change. It's ridiculous mm-hmm. how that thing works, it or, is. or allegedly works. Like doesn't work <laughs> more like, like it's all based off precedent. You know, like precedent and the done thing. Yeah, fuck the done thing. Let's write it down, and let's fucking stick to it. Now, come on, people. You know what? I mean? It really, it bloody infuriates me. And then apparently, the, like, there's no way to remove the speaker. Like, the speaker just has to walk away. Like, what? So strange, that place. And while we're on the topic of strange things, this Duchy of Lancaster crap. I mean, this is, a, this is absolutely absurd. You know what I mean? Like, you should just be able to leave. Why do I need I to be the? What the Duchy of Lancaster means? It's like what does that if mean? oh okay, so it's like when you don't when you resign from being an MP, you don't actually resign. Oh Christ! You, you're Christ. appointed the the Duchy of Lancaster. For <laughs> fuck's sake! Yeah. This country is a joke. And it's like, why can't they just resign? And it doesn't make any sense. None of it make makes sure any sense. Make they're still sense. on the payroll. <laughs> And of course, <laughs> they, they did their service. Oh, sevens in chat. And of course, the biggest frustration of all that since we're, since we're on the topic, I have to mention: you should be able to call liars liars. It is bullshit. It is a disservice oh, to democracy God, yeah. that you cannot call a liar a liar. Honestly, if I ever managed to like, if I was ever in the position where I was like, the right honourable gentleman, first of all, absolutely not. You're not right or honourable. Uh, second of all, you're a cunt. Yeah, you'd be like, it's the, like the oh, fucker over it. there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's 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 what this new iteration of the Labour Party like believes in very strongly is the politeness oh, of politics. Yeah, isn't it? it's like you have to be polite. You have to tell your MP nicely. You can't knock on there. Did you see the pensioners that were knocking on the door asking for a ceasefire? And they were like, our, no. our offices have been raided. <laughs> what? No, the police have been called. Oh, the good people God. of Glasgow are in danger from these pensioners. Like, you fucking for real there's video we live in the age of video you can't pull this anymore we can see the yeah. video of you not being raided by pensioners but having people knock on the door going what the fuck are you on god no i can't stand them <sighs> anywho also in february Natasha Bedingfield's Naughties hit Unwritten remained hovering very near the top 10 at around 13 or 14 after being featured in some film called Anyone But You. But do you want to know who else should have remained unwritten? The names of the two teenagers who killed Brianna Jai last year. For the blessedly uninformed, in February last year, a 16-year-old trans girl, Brianna Jai, was murdered by two teenagers in a premeditated attack. And I will spare you most of the details here. 
There is a whole Wikipedia page for that. In early February, during the sentencing at Manchester Crown Court, the killers were named. The judge determined that there was a strong public interest in the full unrestricted reporting of what is plainly an exceptional case. Kieran, what are your thoughts on this? There is a part of me that is like, like, and it's not the winning part, but there's a part of me that says, good, I want to know the names of those fuckers so I can mm. fucking, fucking hate them, you know, fucking cunts. <laughs> um, so I can fucking hate them. Yeah. So there's like a part of me, admittedly, that like thinks or feels that way. But, mm. but um, yeah, when I, when I heard about this, I, I thought about an episode of Respect the Dead the uh, Ooh, a okay. podcast <laughs> not me telling you that it's a podcast when you were telling the audience it's a podcast jacob recommended it to me so they know oh, yeah. it's a podcast if it's ever a podcast recommendation the chances are it's come from me yeah <laughs> um but there was like an episode of respect the dead um that went into it's like part of a multi-part series. I mean, I'm sure you know about it. The part on school shootings that was like breaking I, uh, down. I actually haven't listened to this you one because I, I, I like, I get really like, uh, I need okay. to be emotionally ready. Like, I get really okay. like emotional about children dying and yeah. shootings and America in general. Yeah. So I actually haven't listened to that one yet. Okay. But uh, please spill the tea. Yeah, I mean, luckily my thought doesn't go into any details or anything but basically uh one of the hosts was saying that that the names of the the perpetrators go down in history and are remembered but then the names of the victims just get forgotten so from that Mm. and and that like really stuck with me and came into my mind when there's there's definitely been a a fair bit of that with um with this story where i saw a lot of accounts that are very like trans supportive say yeah say her name not theirs sort of thing yeah my like... critique of this uh-huh. comes at a, from a very different direction uh-huh. and it kind of stems i'm sorry to say from another podcast <laughs> okay <laughs> All the podcasts. All the podcast recommendations. Uh, It's a rare W for the BBC here. This is a BBC series that ran for a hundred and something episodes, I think, uh, called Bad People with criminal psychologist Julia Shaw and comedian Sophie Hagen. One of my favourite series. I really love the sort of the interesting dynamic between the two because I'm like, I tend to side more with Sophie Hagen, but Julia doesn't necessarily disagree but brings the science and like the the professional understanding of things. Uh-huh. And one of their first episodes, I think this was episode six, when children kill, went into two separate cases. And obviously the ages are going to differ here. Uh, Brianna Jai's killers were 15, I want to say, when they killed her, 16 now. Uh, the first case that they go through is uh, two six-year-old boys who uh, we now cannot say they murdered her because there's been a correction since the time of broadcast but uh, at the time it was believed they killed a five-year-old girl um and the town took community like i guess uh this was in a norway 
they took community care. These these boys were never locked away. They they were in kindergarten like the week after or whatever uh, under supervision uh, and specialists. The town made sure they knew they all knew who they were, but they never once revealed the names to the press. They 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 kept that for the sake of those two boys essentially, so they they could like okay. exist in a, like a norm. Like obviously this this is quite different because it's six year olds. Yeah, I guess. But they compare it to the really famous case from here that I'm guessing you've heard of, James Bulger. I think I've heard of this, yeah. 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 And um, <laughs> in the episode, they play a clip of, I think, something to do with the sentencing, I can't remember which, where you've got these like grown-ass men yelling at these boys who murdered James Bulger. Uh-huh. And, like, in the episode, we talk, they talk about the uh them having to have their names changed when they were released from prison because their names were everywhere in the press they were yeah. absolutely monstered as evil beyond reparation and that's what strikes me like uh, cases like Brianna Jai will test your commitment to prison <laughs> abolition and community yeah. care and things like this uh, but I truly believe they should not have been named at the very fucking least. And I, I don't think it does, like, the judge saying it's in strong public interest. To fucking whom? We've got the Wikipedia page. We know exactly what went down. We know the details. You do not need to name them. I think I that's agree. wrong. And it's just, it, it's wrong on so many levels. But the least, the, the the very bare minimum is the dehumanization of people as evil, rather than considering the surrounding circumstances, the environment. It's nature versus nurture, kind of, I guess. Yeah. But it's just so wrong that they were like, yeah, we can name them. It's an exceptional case. It's like, no! There's a precedent of not naming children for a reason. I don't yeah. think we should name anyone, but like, oh! Yeah, I mean, <sighs> fundamentally, if you believe that, like, if you believe that there should be a focus on rehabilitation of people that do bad things then then yeah i mean it's fundamentally like naming naming perpetrators gets in the way of that and it's like i get it that there's definitely a a use case for keeping people away from i guess the general public you could say because yeah. like they are genuine dangers or whatever and that that can be done in a respectful humane and yeah. whatever kind of way that isn't just ah, you should be locked up for 20 years <laughs> yeah like if yeah if you want to listen to the episode type bad people uh find it on your podcast at wherever it's episode six when children kill should we imprison kids it's uh it's a nice short episode as far as i remember uh 30 that th they tend to be about 30 to 40 minutes uh -huh. um and to be honest every episode is really good <laughs> uh there's, there's so many good episodes on here uh like what are green crimes what leads oh, to false confessions can we understand pedophiles are yeah. our bias will our bi biases blind us like there's so many good episodes Ooh. it's such a good series i think i'll have um, to give that a listen yeah it's it's honestly one of my favorites and i went back to that episode to remind myself so that i could talk about this uh, -huh. uh because this case is like very close to my heart as a non-binary person and yeah. um in a world that keeps killing trans people and especially trans kids lately like fuck me i hate it here <laughs>
Yeah. I want to go. If there's water on Mars, let's go, go, go. Yeah, really, really horrible. I, yeah. But I also, yeah, to briefly return to the nature versus nurture, I definitely agree with you. Like, people are a product of their environment. Um, I think it's yeah. especially awkward with children because to what extent? Like, you know, I feel like children are more like, impressionable and it doesn't help that our political class are just spewing transphobia like a fucking leaking sewage pipe well, right now. yeah yeah i mean but they would never acknowledge that rishi sunak in front of her mother just goes transphobia and then Keir decides to take uh, the high ground and be like polite politics you can only do that when she's not in the room yeah <laughs> uh, absolutely keith again you're not you're not looking good on this episode keith i'm sorry to say actually i'm not fuck you and it's gonna get worse for you. <laughs> oh, it's gonna get worse for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Did you have anything you want to add? Just in general, rest in peace. It's very sad, and uh, I believe that our energy and thoughts should go towards Brianna, and not towards her killers. Yeah, yeah. I purposely left their names out of this episode. Did you notice? <laughs> See, you can have the conversation without them. Now here's the gag, though, because I, I, I swear I didn't fucking notice, and See? doesn't that just that just says Proves everything? my point. Like we don't need to know. We don't. My point need to was know. proven by myself. Yeah, a point has been made. You, you, you <laughs> did psychology on me. I have a psychology degree, but you out psychologyed me. Wow. Ah. Uh, oh, yeah. Was... As an amateur Whoa. psychologist, <laughs> I out psychologyed you. I've took enough psychic damage over Fortnite the last few weeks, so <laughs> I need to out psychology someone. Oh god. <laughs> right. Let's go. What would you do? If you tried to take 28 A-levels, <laughs> much like Teddy Swims, I think I would lose control. <laughs> but taking 28 A-levels is exactly what 17-year-old Manor Chima from Slough is planning on doing. Taking four at her sixth form school and studying the extra 24 at home. <laughs> she already has 34 GCSEs. <laughs> She has an IQ of 161, and she says that she even manages to have a social life. I mean, <laughs> IQ is a dodgy measure of anything, but um... yeah, I yeah, it's a very layered one. But uh, it's being, it's being, it's her IQ is being plastered all over. Oh, all they love over. it, don't yeah. they? They love an IQ. Actually, oh my god, it's like a BMI. They just yeah. stick into it like glue. It's like, oh, we're not going to look at the research regarding whether this is bullshit. Yeah, there was uh, to bring up my psychology degree again. There was there was <laughs> quite a. I think we had like a couple lectures on intelligence and IQ uh, that went into all of the research. Not all of it, but oh a lot god, of the really? research about iq and how it's an awful uh anglo-centric measurement of intelligence i love these like these lectures where you get like totally like blasted with like information you're like why do not more people know about this and then yeah. you realize our oh, status quo <laughs> yeah i had a few of those when i was in uni but anyway iq is higher than einstein i mean 
Oh, is it higher, is it? Wow. Apparent. I, I think it was higher. Or Stephen Hawking, I don't know. She was being yeah. discussed with both of them, so who knows? Careful. <laughs> A child being discussed Ooh. with Stephen Hawking. <laughs> oh, no. Um. <laughs> 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 I was actually listening to a really old episode of feckin', um. Well, there's your problem, I think it was. Uh-huh. No, Praxis cast. Yeah. And they mentioned Stephen Hawking and somebody made a joke about, like, him being on Epstein Island and everyone was like, oh, no, no, don't, don't, don't touch the lathe. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, yeah, there's understandably been uh, a lot of discourse surrounding uh, Manor. Uh, Manor mm. has said that she didn't want to narrow her options academically and she thought she'd be dissatisfied and unchallenged by doing the standard four A-levels. Unchallenged? Uh, unchallenged? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Is that a word? Un- unchallenged? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I, I think so. I feel like... Like, I feel like there's a better word than unchallenged. Oh, I get what you mean. It's like one of those when you can't find a better word and you just say the crap one. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there is a much better word. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just pulling things out of my ass. Yeah. We need to find a thesaurus. Um, <laughs> Thesaurus.com. <laughs> yeah, but um, in, in what she says, I, I think she raises a fair criticism against our current education system. Um that concerns all people, not just, you know, uh, mm. the, the uniquely <laughs> uh, intelligent people like her. The uniquely academic. Yeah, yeah, that perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so in unlike in other countries like Germany and unlike other courses such as the International Baccalaureate, where 16 to 18 year olds continue to study a range of subjects, A-levels force 15-year-olds to make potentially life-changing academic decisions that limit the options they have further down the line. Mm. Um, I think it's an absolutely stupid system, and it's one that I've personally, like, experienced and been at, like, I don't want to say a victim, but, like, I've (laughs) suffered from. um, A victim of A-levels. I mean, aren't we? Aren't most of us, though? I think anyone. Oh, who I'm takes, a victim yeah. of a feckin' B Tech babe. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> victims come come in all all different uh, forms. Yeah, <laughs> uh, get out of that victim mentality. <laughs> grind. <laughs> yeah. Um. So for A levels, I studied maths, biology, and physics with the intent of studying psychology at uni. Um. That's, does that? How do those relate to psychology? Really? So Cambridge I guess biology. Yeah. So Cambridge wanted maths and biology in order to study psychology yeah because psychology is so statistics heavy that they like apparently had done like they'd assessed how well people on the course performed apparently and people that didn't take maths a level struggled a lot more and then we'll throw in some space just to mix (laughs) it up a bit um i love physics i love (laughs) it Oh, yeah, I was going to take, what was I going to take? English language, but then I had a last minute change of heart and did physics. Ah. Which was fun. Numbers. It was a passion project, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so so like I wasn't particularly fussed on taking maths and biology, but I took them because I wanted to do psychology. 
Um, and over the course of my A-levels, I like really fell in love with biology. Like I loved it, but I wasn't able to apply to study it at a lot of universities because I hadn't Aww. taken chemistry A-level. Oh, for fuck's sake, why is science like this? So like with a different system, like the International Baccalaureate or something, I might have continued studying chemistry and I would have had the option of studying biology at university and I would have had that option more open to me but it was pretty much closed off for the universities I wanted to go to so god I hate I hate education so much yeah that's, that's that's coming from a place that I think it's a really traumatic environment for kids especially in this country but also generally uh but also yeah. the fact that that the everything is like so interlinked that like one wrong move and you can't take biology anymore like it's yeah. so weird and i making, hate it and making kids make these decisions don't get me started on uniforms I, it will take another hour and oh, <laughs> um, another thing is like isn't the point of education or shouldn't the point of education be about excitement and knowledge and learning Nah, ah, we- ah, ah, not under capitalism, <laughs> yeah. baby. We need workers. Yeah, like it's so sad <laughs> that like you can't like with the system of A levels. There's there's no room for manoeuvre. I mean B techs, and I mean B techs aren't they even worse? Because it's just like the one B tech. Uh, I mean it was for me. I don't know how. I don't know the actual structure of B techs, and they get a bad rep yeah despite being pretty good yeah uh, i don't even know if they exist anymore i think they got replaced but um, but, um when i did mine uh there was a little bit more flexibility as in like i was really unhappy on the lower course and they just bumped me up to the higher course okay um, and stuff like that but uh i don't know enough in to general confidently you, say i think you study like one subject don't you with btex like you wouldn't take yeah, three b you, you sort of learn a craft mine was okay. broadcast media so um. ah cool i didn't know that or if i did yeah. i'd forgot it <laughs> got a triple distinction in broadcast media well <laughs> who would have guessed but like i, I just <laughs> yeah so the conversation around manor's impressive 28 a levels doesn't end there what manor is doing is limited to those who can afford it it costs around 50 pounds to even sit an exam and schools will only pay for four or sometimes like at a push five <laughs> wait the schools have to pay the schools have to pay yeah so every kid that takes an so whilst they're all like oh i bet it's to do with that weird funding isn't it it's like uh, we I give you know. money if you get this grade but if you don't and then they have to do averages and uh, and then they brag about them if and that's why they kick out kids like me and my siblings because we're useless and um oh, no. <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> um, well well take well take this as anecdotal evidence we're not going to name names but uh I when when I was um looking to leave school because I absolutely hated it and uh-huh. um, we were looking for specialist schools that catered to autistic people a bit better. Um, the uh the school were desperate to keep me, and they were they would do everything. Oh. They were like, "We're so sad." Uh, uh, my sister, on the other hand, and the only difference between us is she does not have good grades. She was out the door, no oh. questions asked. I hate <laughs> it's it. It's very interesting, isn't it? It's I very interesting. It. Uh, yeah, 
so schools will only pay for like four or five A-levels because that's all that universities require. So oh. it's all, of, all about the universities and the system. Fuck, fuck children and what they want and what they're passionate about. It's all about, about the money, money, money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going um, back to last, last yeah. to day 15. <laughs> Jessie J, our anti-capitalist queen. Jessica J, it's all about the money. Um, yeah, and beyond the exams themselves, you'll also need to source textbooks yourself. And for I don't know how people do this. I honestly don't. Yeah, and for twenty four additional A levels, that's like that's gonna cost, you know. Um, how much money does this this girl have? I don't know. She's not got any time for a fucking part time job, has she? Well, maybe she does. Maybe she is the wonder child. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so much of the discourse surrounding her A-levels focused on, like, the the utility of the A-levels. Yeah, no university will ask for that many, so why does she bother? And to that I say, education should be about more than doing what is necessary to climb up a ladder or unlock a new level of education. If she wants to do more A-levels than the universities care about, then more power to her. But... I do question whether it's the best thing for her to be doing for herself. You see, mm. on on social media, a lot of people are saying the whole get a hobby or get a life spiel. And I think that, that mm. that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, if her hobby is learning, then let her learn. You know, people have also mentioned the stress of taking four A-levels, um, you know, let alone 28. Um. Like, mental health is obviously really important to consider, but if we assume that she is looking after herself, which, yeah, then what's the problem with what she's doing? My question about these 28 A-levels is this. Is it really, like, that valuable for her, her to be doing 28 courses designed for 16 to 18-year-olds? And when I say valuable, I don't mean, like, valuable to society i mean like intrinsically like is it valuable to her is it as enriching as it could be like and i question whether she's partially kind of i don't know quite how to say it but like uh, bought into the the system Mm. you know what i mean where where she's understanding her intelligence by a faulty IQ measurement and she's understanding intelligence by getting these good grades, you know? Like, why focus on getting 28 A stars? Wouldn't it be more fun and enriching to find an interest in a couple subjects and learn about them to, like, a more advanced level? Because it sounds like she would be capable, you know? Um... Like, find an academic passion and pursue it rather than doing, like, 28 different things designed for 16 to 18-year-olds that kind of aren't going to give you so much depth or really... You know, if she can do 28 of them, they're not that stretching for her. You know, they're not Mm, challenging. And she says that she wants to be challenged. It doesn't sound like it's that much of a challenge. The challenge is just, you're doing so many, you know, rather than... With me being a music producer, you could you could challenge me by telling me to make a hundred beats in a week. 
But you could also challenge me by trying uh, by telling me to make one smooth jazz instrumental in a week. <laughs> you know, because I don't yeah. I don't know how to produce smooth jazz. So that would so it's like two different types of challenge, and I feel like one is nicer than the other. You know, um, yeah. And as an example, with Manor. She's taking A-levels in German and French and Latin. Like, so wouldn't it be cooler to, like, not study the Latin A-level? You know, or the German or the French one. You know, I'm indifferent. You know, it's her life. <laughs> but, like, wouldn't it maybe be nicer for her to, like, take one or two less and then, like, become fluent in a language? Like, wouldn't that be cooler? Hmm. You know? So, like, it's her life, you know, she should do what makes her happy. Um, and I'm not trying to judge anyone. I'm just sharing my thoughts. Yeah. Um, so, Jacob, what are your thoughts? <laughs> if I've gone quite quiet, it's because the brains were in a way. Um... <laughs> okay. We should add a sound effect. <laughs> a short circuit. <laughs> um see i'm thinking of this maybe from a slightly different angle but um Mm -hmm. the way that i sort of view the sort of academic system as it currently exists especially uh academic uh study for like young children 16 to 18 year olds a levels gcses that sort of shit yeah um it's less about the learning it's more about the memory games that we play and so if you get somebody that's really good at the memory games, as I'm guessing this, this girl is, mm-hmm. it isn't necessarily about the learning. It, learning isn't her hobby. Memorizing is. And so oh, interesting. she oh. isn't actually critically thinking. She is yeah. just going through the machine and going, I am so good at this game. I could do all of these and it's fine. Whereas, like, somebody who likes learning, like me, is just Googling random shit at 2am and scaring the life out of themselves when they learn about what a quasar is. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a difference there that I'm sort of picking up on where the academic success doesn't necessarily mean it's learning anything. It, it, it's not taking in the information the same way. Do you get me? I, I completely agree with you. Um... It's something I think about quite often. But it's like academics often. isn't set up for people that like to learn necessarily. Because I like to learn. This podcast is about learning. I've yeah. learned far too much recently. <laughs> um, but not in an academical kind of way. Um, in a way that works for me and how I take information in and then spew ideas out from that information. Yeah, but I think, uh, I think what's so, so ridiculous about... the education system and how it works like you said with this prioritization of memory and so on is that these aren't useful skills these aren't even useful skills in in the workplace you know even if we (laughs) even if we forget anti-capitalist stances and just say okay fine (laughs) then (laughs) If we even if we say that, there is still there still remains a massive problem with an education system that prioritizes memory over critical thinking and actual skills. Because mm-hmm. in and I, oh, God, I really sound like one of them. Um, 
<laughs> but like employers, employers want skills. You know, memory is not so valuable. Well, so- the way that it's set up isn't necessarily about, it is about memory, but it's also about not questioning the authorities that yeah. sort of say, this is good, you do these, then you get to the next level, then you do these, and you get to the next level. It's it's, it's mm. mimicking the sort of hiring hierarchy of a business or whatever. Uh, yeah. You do this to unlock that, to get higher, and you do this and work hard and get to that. It's mimicking the sort of very capitalist idea of like business hierarchy. And uh, that's how it's set up. It's designed to sort of normalize that to you, to think, yeah, this yeah. is... This is how this works. I have to work hard. So if I don't work hard, it's just... and um, critical thinking. Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> Will somebody help me find it? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna randomly like question like a child's intelligence. Um, <laughs> like assuming assuming that you know, it. She's not just good at memorizing. You know, and she's actually really good at all of these skills. Like it just makes me sad to think that. She's kind of been brought up in a world and she's, you know, going to be, she's going to be far from the only one. She's been brought up in a world that's taught her that this is valuable. Ah, uh, yeah. There's, there's joy uh, and happiness and success to be found in, in beating the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, four A stars are absolutely incredible. I'm going to get twenty A. I'm going to beat a record. Look at me. I'm going to prove myself. And you're not really proving anything. It's kind of like, but it, but it's sad to me because, like, yeah, you you could be doing something that was more valuable to you. And I mean, valuable, like in the purely like, you know, individual sense. Something that's more satisfying yeah. and fulfilling, that brings more joy, you know? It, mm. Yeah, that's kind of like my take on it, I think. Yeah, like, I, I definitely agree. With it a is... secondary take of people online, don't be fucking mean to her, what the fuck? Yeah, being mean is weird. Don't say like, get a life or get a hobby. There's nothing wrong with anything, as long as you're not harming people, you know? Yeah, a lot of people saying this are going to be like are not really going to have a hobby beyond sitting at home watching the TV on an tweeting evening. at children and telling you know, them to get a life. You know, and there's nothing the wrong. The spiral it, continues. Well, well, there's something wrong about that part. But like, if your hobby is is sitting in front of a TV and watching TV, slay, slay on. You know, well, go you. That's incredible. Yeah. The I chase has I to have an audience. Exactly. <laughs> Bradley wouldn't cope without one. But like, don't criticise someone else's hobby, you know? Don't be, just don't be yeah. mean to people. It's all cool, you know? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know what's got me in such a zen mood, but... <laughs> we can have a respectful conversation about the legitimately of A-levels and the system yeah. as a whole, but without saying that uh, Marnor is... Like, without hobby or a life. <laughs> <laughs> this child has no life. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but, uh, and, and good luck to her, you know, and I hope she has fun. And hopefully, once she gets out of the other end, 
she gets into university and those critical thinking skills just come on in and then she's like oh, oh my god <gasps> now i know what's happening oh my god i had a, a side note slash a ps for this piece um oh yeah manor had me screaming when I was reading the BBC article on her, she said that she's hoping to train as a doctor, focusing on the brain. She said, I was always fascinated by my own brain. And I was just, <laughs> I was just like, absolute fucking slay. Oh no, what so- happens when she gets to university and they go through the IQ is bullshit thing? <laughs> I- she just sat there and her face is like dropping like, oh no. <laughs> danger will robinson danger um but i just i love someone i love someone that loves themselves you know (laughs) oh absolutely i I always found myself so interesting and i'm like yes i love that for you (laughs) like be your own best friend it's great exactly yeah um yeah (laughs) (laughs) right should we power through some uh, music it's the music room. <laughs> yes, we've switched things up a little bit. We've reduced the number of songs. We've made it faster, cleaner, and more efficient. Yes, because this podcast is about capitalism. And one of the founding <laughs> tenets of capitalism is no. efficiency. <laughs> we're we're so, buying yeah. into the hype. <laughs> we are, and we're going with a sort we're going with three songs each. And three words to describe each song, and then the other person will weigh in on that. Yeah. So. Kieran's starting. Stop watches at the ready, people. Uh, my first. Speed up the theme music. <laughs> Pop goes. Uh, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, so, my first recommendation this month is Paul Vett's Ode and Bass. Uh, so my three words are German, hardcore, and dancey. For fuck's sake. <laughs> I, my comment on this was, without Googling, this is giving French vibes. <laughs> <laughs> it literally says in your three words it's German. For fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it either way. That bass, my God. So cool. I was not expecting that. I, I don't know what I was expecting, but it's so good. And what's your first song? Okay, my first pick is from Eldervine's new album. It's called Hater. And my three words, unexpected, relatable, and joyous. Yeah, I love the production on this. It was, and it's, I think it's a very pretty concept lyrically. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. She's just like me for real. <laughs> How about you? What's your next one? My next one has to be Michael Madrano, porn star. My three <laughs> words are seductive, explicit, and bop. My three words are naughty.com. <laughs> <laughs> the drop on this is so large. I Wow. Just wow. I love it so much. Oh my goodness. And I have to say, if, if uh, for the non-squeamish... And lovers of the naked body, there is a very, very explicit lyric slash no music way. video for it on Twitter. It's like, wow. like we're talking the whole shebang, if you get me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Elon let Twitter go. Wow. <laughs> 
And what's your next music recommendation? Ah, mine is Cave Town. Let them know they're on your mind. It's cute, it's relatable, and it's really exciting. Yeah, I, I, I found this one amazing. I loved it. I think the production is so, so, so slick. And I love the vocal <sighs> delivery. It's just so yeah. unique and fresh feeling. Cave Town has been like on my radar for so long. I know so many people that are fans of theirs. And just suddenly this popped up in my like recommended songs. I listened to it and I was like, uh-huh. oh my God, I need this. I need this on repeat. <laughs> Uh, how about you? What's your next one, Karen? So my third and final music recommendation for this month is Bentley Robles with his new song, We Should. And my three words for this, I'm, oh. I'm already bending the rules. Oh. Uh, pure hyphen pop, sultry and epic. <laughs> I don't want that. I'm not having anyone come for me today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like this. I can see why. I can see why you like it. Yeah. And so how about you? What's your final recommendation? Ah, uh, another person that's come up quite a lot in this section, Gregory Dillon. It's a red line. His new one. Uh, confident, vibey, bop. Yeah, my my first reaction was, wow, it just feels epic and it's definitely a headbanger. I I love it, yeah. Can confirm, looking out the window on a fast train listening to this, it's like, yes, main character moment. Oh yeah, I I can envision that. And that is the new and improved music room. Yeah. Look at us speeding through them tracks. believe there's one more bit to this podcast oh yes <laughs> it's the, unfortunately it's the, for me it's the unwritten one that has evaded yeah, I, evaded our show notes i month. need to re-add that really <laughs> desperately because i forgot it was here until you said you'd sourced an article oh my it. goodness it's like our new 2024 t- tradition is that the other one forgets forgets there's there's an article coming yeah that's gonna psychically damage them some more yeah so uh this month i have sourced an article um are you excited to try and guess who published it yes maybe decisions have been made here but uh we'll we'll go with it i'm just gonna bring up newspaper in the uk so you might i know you might struggle because oh, it's, it's not a newspaper. It's a bit then. more niche. Um, oh God! I'm g- okay. Yeah, it's it. It's mainly to read the unhinged article. I mean, yeah, that's what this section really is. But yeah, um, okay, go on. Psychically hit me. So I've tried to condense this as much as possible, but in typical fashion, I thought that a lot of it was just too good slash bad to <laughs> cut out. So I'm scared. This piece is titled. Hiding behind lies. Could be about anything. Yeah, it could be. The speed of decay is something to behold. The diversity, inclusion and equity, brackets, D-I-E, ideology, has spread through Britannia's entire body. This vicious Marxist cancer is now attacking her brains, having debilitated much of her former warrior-like frame. 
Um, the future looks bleak indeed to many. She could be well past rescuing. Something could have been done over the last 14 years to give her a fighting chance. After all, in that time, we had a Conservative Party in office. I'm going to pause here to ask for your thoughts, Jason. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking unhinged. Oh, Is this yes. in the fucking sun? No, no. That feels too highbrow for the sun. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, not the sun. Luckily, because because as few people should see it as possible. <laughs> um, yeah. So the author then goes on to briefly describe what they think Thatcher would have done. how can you have an article like this without mentioning of course ghost of minds past um before yeah uh, and then they go on to claim that the tories have been seduced by blair and new (gasps) labor yeah so so i'll pick it up after after they're done saying that documents published by the british state now drip with the politics of biology to spend time reading official documents now is to weep for our national future race and gender are the new twin engines of social engineering and nothing is more paramount to our bureaucrats than imposing race quotas across the board regardless of context, consequences and costs, or indeed, morality. In short, the power of the British state is being turned on us. The result is visible. Britain is becoming unrecognisable. Our history is being erased and rewritten. In this charmless fiction, we are the bad actors and must accept what is coming. I'm going to take another moment to pause there. Any thoughts? Please read a book! <laughs> That's all I have to say. I, I forgot to mention earlier, um, but I can't get over the way that centrists and right-leaning people gender countries oh yeah it's really like on a level you know keir starmer being like she has a right to defend herself slaps the bonnet she has a right (laughs) it's it's like it's so strange to me and especially in this article where it's like the the vicious marxist cancer (laughs) has debilitated much of her former warrior-like frame it's like Referring to the empire, I'm guessing. It's oddly, like, sexualized in a sense, you know? It's, like, very strange well, they light to me. the flag. Have you not seen Darren Cullen's artwork, How to Shag a Flag? No, I, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's placed in, like, those doctor's leaflet formats. Uh-huh. So like, you know, it's, like, do you need help with this? But it's, like, how to safely shag a oh, flag. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a Union Jack. Oh, God. And then... Another question that runs through my mind reading this article 
is like, who are we? Who is us? You know what I mean? This person is constantly like, us, we, are. Well, they, they see it as fundamentally not British, um, as discussed in Abigail Thorne's most recent one, I think, uh, on Philosophy oh. Tube, uh, where she reads the, the right-wing guy's um, book and realises it's not necessarily like about the, 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 the true history and the truth. It's more about like what's convenient to you and uh, seeing the other as like um, not British. Something like uh, that. I'm horrifically butchering the point that she very eloquently made in that video, but um, something like that, yeah. It's very, like, weird hearing the us and we. Yeah. And I feel especially uncomfortable reading it out loud <laughs> as, like, a white cis man. And it's like, it's like, I think you're, like, I think I'm, like, almost okay in, in this person's eyes. And that scares me, you know? It's like not like I'm saying we, but I don't mean we. <laughs> like yeah. I, I would like to formally distance myself from this we. You know? I am being formally distanced. Like I don't don't include me in your bullshit. Like it's so oh, I hate it. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I will. Do you have any other guesses yet, or should I continue? No, just just hit me with the rest of it. Okay. Change of government from Conservative to Labour after the forthcoming general election will bring no respite. Only an acceleration in that hateful direction is on the cards for the electorate. D.I.E. will be the philosophical tool used to finish Great Britain's deconstruction job. And if he wins, Keir Starmer will use it with relish. The writer then goes on to describe how a Labour win at the impending general election looks likely before turning to the topic of the Tories criticising the National Trust. Keir Starmer said that the Tories were desperate to find woke agendas in Britain's valued institutions. In other words, the culture wars are a figment of our imagination. Like a drug. Well done. <laughs> well done. You figured it out. I mean, the culture. They are. The culture wars are only real in the sense that there is like this socially constructed idea of the culture war, and that itself is being used to promote na- different narratives, certain narratives, certain opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the othering of certain groups of people, like. That's the only extent to which the culture war is real, you know? It's strange because it's like, there is a culture war and it's it's only these, like, anti-woke people who are fighting it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they've, they've imagined this culture war and, and then they've retaliated to it, but, like, nobody did anything. So they're not retaliating, they're just attacking. <laughs> like, and... Anyway, yeah. Again, perceived threats. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'll continue. Like a drunk, disjointedly waving his fists at a police officer, hoping to convince a sceptical audience that he is fully sober, Keir Starmer is trying to tell the public that he is not woke. However, like much of the party he leads, 
he is intoxicated by the spirit of D-I-E. He oozes wokery from every orifice. Oh, that's where your intro uh, came from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was so excited for the reveal. <laughs> he oozes wokery from... In what <laughs> fucking universe is this bitch living? Oh no, oh no, I'm about to ooze wokery from every orifice. What the fuck? Oh, the wokery, it's coming out of every orifice. Oh my goodness, uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that the is that the end or is there more? God save us, if only. <laughs> oh God help us! Biology is a strong political drug. He is the charmless face of a brutish ideology that seeks to split the world into two classes: the oppressor versus the oppressed. Which side note, I have to interrupt to say, like, if only. If only he did see the world that way. Oh, yeah. If only Keir Starmer would just see the world like that. Rather than this working with businesses thing. Like, how is working with businesses... Labour is good for business. How is that the oppressor versus the oppressed? I mean, come on now. It's just so weird, this false narrative this person is, like, deluded and into. Um, Well, this is hatred of labour from, like, a fundamentally anti-labour point, like... No amount of labour is good <laughs> to this yeah. person. Um, from that ludicrous but fashionable point of view, we are the oppressors, carry generational guilt and must atone for our historical sins by accepting a lower social status. Again, show me the evidence of where that is happening because it is not. You have imagined yeah. it. You have brought that on yourself. Yeah, like... Uh, <sighs> like, like we are the oppressors. Uh, okay, what? Uh, white. <laughs> well, historically, white British people have. They, we literally had an empire. Like, come on now. Colonies, concentration camps. You can't seriously labor. try to like deny this slavery and like carry generational guilt. I mean, yeah, we should be aware of like. What our ancestors... I'm more than aware. Well, yeah, but I mean, as a starting point, like, acknowledge what our ancestors did and, like, how we benefit from that today. Mm. Even if, you know, I I don't think many people, like, want to be a part of that, but, like, through history, we are. And that's... Yeah, well, yeah, nobody wants to be, like, descended from the bitches that were enslaving cunts, but here we are. Exactly, it's, like, really (laughs) shit. I don't... Like, uh, I don't like saying it because it makes me sad, <laughs> but it, it needs to be said and it's true. I don't, I don't really mind saying it because I'm like, like, fuck those cunts. Well, yeah, they that shouldn't too. be related to me. Yeah. Um, and then accept- <laughs> I want to make sure that that never happens again. Exactly. That's fucking shocking that it did in the first place. Yeah. And like, as for <laughs> accept a lower social status, it's just like, now, come on. Yeah, you've socially constructed yourself into a box here. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> also, in, in general, there's just like this wider perspective that I find quite sad, which is like, you, like this idea that you can't lift people up without, you know, yeah, uh, like throwing other people down. I think in certain cases, like Jeff Bezos, you know, like maybe we should take a bitch down a couple pegs. 
but but in general, well, more than a couple well, pegs, m- m- maybe like a billion pegs, maybe a few bookstores and <laughs> a, a rocket. Uh, <laughs> No, he can keep the rocket. I don't know. I, I feel like there's some there's some gays out there that could find a use for it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> a challenge has appeared. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, like, you know, right. we can lift people up without without bringing people down, you know? I don't know yeah. what in the zen is going on with me today, but I'm I'm quite liking it, you know? This article continues on to basically explain to us all the ways in which Keir Starmer is wildly left-wing. Citation needed. <laughs> so basically, uh, this person mentions, in 2019, apparently uh, Labour pledged to turn Islam from a religion into a race. The author says that this will inevitably make for a strongly pro-Hamas foreign office and a pro-Sharia home office. <laughs> Citation needed. The author also says, also references Black Lives Matter and the fact that Keir Starmer knelt for them in 2020. And did he? Wow. Black Lives Matter is a Marxist group, uh, the policy of which was to disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. The family Mm -hmm. is Marx's most important bugbear, as it's the vehicle through which traditions are passed from generations to generations. And the author finally goes on to reference, oh no, not finally, God God help us. My God. Uh, Next, the author goes on to reference Keir Starmer telling an incredulous nation that 99.9% of women don't have a penis. Leaving, and then, and then this author goes on to, to do some maths. It leaves out of a global female population of 4 billion. A few million women sporting male genitalia. Finally, the author goes on uh, to discuss the fact that Keir Starmer said that he would choose Davos over Westminster when asked by Emily Maitlis. Um, This person goes on to refer to Davos as the mecca of internationalism, of a borderless world, of the D.I.E. cult. The die cult. And then the author concludes by saying, Keir Starmer's Labour Party will accelerate the process of segmenting people according to race and gender, creating a caste system, at the bottom of which will be those who already reside there, the sons and daughters of poor white working men and women. The worst thing in all of this is that we are paying for the destruction of what we love, our historical and cultural inheritance. <laughs> slavery. Um, <laughs> he doesn't say slavery. I said that. Um, it is high time we thought about ways to remove the funding away from the nihilists currently in power. We are finished. Jacob, what are your thoughts? Who published it? Who wrote God. it? What do you think's going on? I am genuinely concerned if that's in a newspaper or opinion column anywhere, but um, the <laughs> only place I can viably see it is maybe like a, a s- fringe site like Conservative Home. Okay, so you've not got it, but you're kind of close. Okay, I figured I wouldn't be dead on here. Yeah, so should I, should I reveal? Yeah, please. Okay. Put me out my misery. It's from Country Squire magazine, which often <laughs> contributes to Conservative Woman. This piece isn't in Conservative Woman, 
But uh, we're going to get some lore into this section of the the podcast because oh, no. this was written by the same person as my article from two months ago. Alex Story. Oh my God. He's quickly becoming my favourite genre of unhinged article. And on Country Squire magazine, we got a bit more information about him. Oh no. It says, Alex Story is head of business development at a city broker working with hedge funds and other financial institutions. He stood for parliament in 2005, 2010 (laughs) and 2015. In 2016, he won the right to represent Yorkshire and the Humber in the European Parliament. He didn't take the seat. So now we know more about Alex What a Story. guy. What a dude. Yeah. Um, what a chad. Yeah. Absolutely unhinged. Yeah. That absolutely ticked. Like, that, that, that's, that's who I was envisioning writing this. Yeah. It was either that or like a scowling woman in a castle. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Not naming names. <laughs> oh, <laughs> But yeah, I feel like he he just hits on all of the points, like pretty much. He every, really did every talking point. And what I find really disgusting about it is all of this. We us are, and he seems to be trying to talk to the perspective from the perspective of white working class people, despite not being that. Yeah, he works with hedge funds. It's their favourite line. Anyone with, like, a lot of money who is white and successful will always bring up the white working class. And I, it is, like, it's like clockwork. Yeah. I hate it. It's their favourite. Absolute favourite, it is. Yeah. And with that, Pop Goes Capitalism's Chit Chart is done for this month. We have chitted and we have have charted. rounded up whatever the fuck happened in february yes and i think we're the better for it citation needed um we certainly know more than we did an hour and a half ago (laughs) we definitely do perhaps we Um, didn't want to but alas (laughs) links (laughs) links in the show notes for supporting palestine more than ever i'm just gonna say it here because um the genocide is horrendous. It's getting worse and worse every fucking yeah. second that passes in this godforsaken earth. Um, so send public support and like do whatever you can. Basically, like show up for supporting Palestine right now because Jesus fuck. Um, there's a lot of like useful things going around. Um, I know Verily Bitchy. Um, the video essay. Ist uh, has got like a movement uh, petition, maybe to get uh-huh. Israel kicked out of Eurovision. Oh, um, I need a sign things that. of this nature. Um, That's great. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't hold any hope that our fucking institutions are going to call for a ceasefire anytime soon. Even though they're they're they're, they're now they're now dabbling in the idea of maybe we should say it because you know the line went down, but um. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. That's us. We're back. Day fifteen in like fifteen days from when this is released. Uh, yeah. Less days if you're listening in the interim, uh, or in the past, depending on when you're listening to this. Come listen to me. Uh, tell Kieran about the horrors of Fortnite. I can't wait. Until then, ta-ra. See ya. Oh,